Welcome to Women Real and Raw, a tantalizing, mind-blowing, unconditional loving, safe space where we are authentic, courageous, and uncensored. So get ready to have fun, get real, get raw, and feel empowered. Hi, I'm your co-host, Tiffany Lee, aka Truth Teller, body language expert, corporate communications trainer, speaker, social media consultant, and COO of Roar, Inc., And I am your co-host, Kristen Sparks, a connections expert, speaker, leader, best-selling co-author of the book on joy, Canfield Methodology trained, and the executive director of the Sister Weird Foundation. And together, we are Roar, Inc., a spirit-led, sisterhood model, women-focused communications and connections company. Voice is our power. Join us as we come together from different worlds to share our lives, stories, insights, wisdom, and vulnerability as we live our lives out in the open. We can be reached anytime at womenrealandraw.com. Now let's get real and raw. Today we are so blessed and so honored to have our dear friend, Dr. Lisa Parsons, join us for this wonderful podcast that we have put together, Women Real and Raw. Of course, I'm Kristen. And I am your co-host, Tiffany Lee. And hello, Miss Lisa. We're so glad to have you on the show today. This is wonderful. What an honor. Thank you so much. And I'm so proud of both of you. Like this podcast is just amazing. And everything that you're you're doing, I think is fantastic. So I'm so Aww, happy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, I'm, this is just, uh, this is like a full circle moment. You know how we all met in a group on Zoom. We were all kind of scattered doing our own things, hesitant about doing our own things, scared to do our own thing. And now here we are. You know, we have a podcast and you are about to launch Higher Ground. So tell us a little bit about your practice and what it's going to be about and how you're going to help change the world of healthcare. Hopefully. Yeah. So my story is I'm an OBGYN and have worked in the traditional uh, medical model since 2005. And just, you know, over the years have really just become very frustrated with the the care of women um, in the traditional model, basically just not having the time or the space to give women the time that they deserve, basically, to go over sensitive subjects and to just feel heard. And um, yeah, I mean, pandemic brings it to a whole nother level, right? Like we're, you hear of the hospitals now being so strained with, with staffing and availability and it just, it breaks apart. So, you know, my goal is, and this is not to say that traditional medicine is bad. Like we all just um, are trying to, to uh, survive and make this work, but I feel like there has got to be another way, a different way where both sides benefit, you know, the healers get the time to do what they need to do. And the patients also benefit from, you know, just a better experience. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. When I had my accident in 2013, I had had a doctor that um, had gone into private practice and concierge service and I had had her for 10 years prior to her doing that. And then it was like a two-year break. And then I had the accident. And I knew 
after going to this other doctor one time, there was no way. I needed a doctor who was on my side, not on the insurance company side, not on, you know, I can't do this because our whatever, you know, I needed a doctor who was going to support my recovery. And that only way I was going to get that was through concierge medicine. And I think it's amazing what you're doing, Lisa. I really do. Yeah. And Tiff too, you have your story. Like there is a role, like, you know, you're in an accident, you're hospitalized. There is the role for that traditional model. But when it comes to advocating for you, knowing you, like going the extra mile, it's, it's almost impossible to do in our current healthcare system. So, you know, I think what's important for people to realize like concierge is fantastic, but I want people to know the difference between concierge medication and direct care, which is what I'm going to be doing. So we can talk a little bit about that if you want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love everything that, that you're wanting to do here. I mean, the, the healthcare system, you know, we've all had health issues and health scares and we could ramble on about, you know, all of that forever. But what you're doing is just, it's going to be able to touch so many people in a different way that traditional healthcare hasn't been able to reach people and, and touch people. So I just, I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference, like you were saying, between the concierge and the direct care so that our audience knows the difference for themselves? Yeah, right. That's the thing is a lot of people don't even know that that this exists, right? I, number one, educating people about having to pay for their healthcare. Like we are already paying for our healthcare. We're paying high deductibles that half the time are not covering the the things that we need, or people don't reach their deductible and they're just paying out of pocket anyways, right? And so I think when people think about concierge medicine or direct care, they're like, well, what do you mean I have to pay either a yearly membership that's at a pretty high tiered price versus like say a monthly membership, which would be direct primary care? You know, it, it just you have to really sit with them and be like, okay, let's, let's break down how much your medications are actually costing you, how much all of the lab and testing that you're paying out of pocket for, and the minimal time that you're having with your office visit where you don't feel probably that they know even who you are. I just think that sort of outreach and education is so important for people to understand Concierge medicine has the reputation, and this is not, again, saying that all concierge medicine is this way, but pretty high ticket point in terms of like pretty high membership fees. And usually concierge medicine means 24-7, you have direct access to that doctor and, you know, pretty much like at your fingertips, whereas direct primary care can have different models. Like it's at, at a lower price point. Like and usually like a monthly membership, which can range anywhere between sixty to one hundred and fifty dollars per month, which is a lot less than many fancy gym memberships, by the way. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Like, Guilty. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that. But you know, so you have access to a human that that knows you, and some some doctors are twenty four seven, others are only open, you know, between nine and whatever, and you know, it just depends. Most direct primary care does a monthly membership, but you can also like for my special because I'm a specialty, um, I may also do what's called fee for service. So you have to just come in and say have an annual exam, or you just wanted to talk to me about 
birth control options or that kind of thing, then you could just do a one-time fee. But it's independence, both, you know, concierge, most concierge and direct primary care are independent of insurance companies. So you're taking that middleman out, middleman, middle person. And so what we are able to do, and this is what's super exciting, is you can offer patients lab tests for wholesale values. Like for instance, you can get a CBC, which is where you check for anemia, for $5. I mean, do you want understand what they charge in the hospital for that? Yeah, but had, had they, many of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Diabetes medication. You can get like a 30-day supply for $3, okay? And this goes for a whole range of medications and labs. <laughs> You're blowing my mind I here, know, Lisa. Yeah. Right? You're blowing my mind. Oh I'm my thinking God. about the meds that I take for lupus and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. Eloquist is $30. Hold on. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it, it, when I started to learn about this, it first of all made me sad because uh, you you just realize how much things are inflated and out of proportion and you know completely controlled by the insurance companies including the hospitals. You know, like the insurance companies are running um oh, basically. And when you realize how much you can do for someone at such a lower price point, it, it, it angers you, actually. It makes me angry. So, like, I like, I want to do this not for myself, but let people know that there is, an, there is another way. There is a better way. Or, you know, for those wellness visits. This is, again, this is a model that's based more on wellness prevention, like long-term problems. There are, you know, rules for the traditional model, for sure. But if you're looking for someone just to, like, know who you are and to get you as healthy as you can be and be listened to, this is where it's at. And people need to know about this. They really do. They really do. They, they really do. And there's, there's so many people out there that are going without healthcare and going to the doctor because they don't believe that they can afford it. You know, there are so many, so many different, you know, populations and cultures who just have this assumption that I can't afford that. Or, you know, I work at Giant as a bagger and I don't get health care. So I'm just not going to go to the doctor, you know? So this is awesome. Yep. Or I'm going to go to the emergency room or urgent care where no one gets that information and there's no content of care and people are lost in the system all the time. And like you said, this is something that is usually very accessible and affordable to most people. And, you know, there are certain practices too that will do sliding scales. It's, you know, it's not an all or nothing. We really kind of, you know, we want to take care of people. Direct care is about being self-sustaining, but it's not for people looking to be multimillionaires. You know, we're really just trying to do the right thing. Right. Is there anyone that you would say that the direct care isn't for? You know, it's interesting because they have, they have direct care hematology oncologists now. They have specialists doing this. I would say for people that surgery is still somewhat difficult with direct care because hospitals are still getting used to this model. So it can be difficult to find a place that will do surgery with the direct care. Chronic medical conditions... I think would actually do very well in this model. I can't see of people and you can do both. Like I, I actually have been seeing a direct primary care uh, doc for 
you know, about five years now, but I carry insurance for, you know, if something is really significant to happen. So it's like, why can't you, why can't you do both? But in terms of like who I want to be my person, direct care. I love that. I love that. The doctor that I have here in Florida is a direct care primary. And, you know, so I've done both models, the the concierge and the direct care. And it's amazing because you do feel like they know who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I know from, you know, just experience being in the hospitals, you, you feel like a number, you feel like you're just a box to check off sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like the providers aren't happy. I, and again, I'm making generalizations here, but I am talking for a lot of people. Like we are not happy. We are burnt out. We are feeling that our, you know, our options are limited in terms of what we can do because of like, I see this, these many people a day and productivity and bottom line. And you know what? In medical school, they don't teach you about this stuff. They don't teach you about the business of medicine or electronic medical records, which is a whole nother beast. <laughs> right. Again, a lot of it run by insurance companies. So it's not not what you signed up for when you first went to school and you had your white coat and you were like, I'm going to change the world, right? And teach medical students. So I have to like look at them and I still believe in what I do and I still love what I do, but I see their faces and I'm like, you have no idea what's go- coming your way. And it makes, it makes me sad. And I feel like as physicians, as providers, like we all have to stand up and be like, we're not going to, you know, as employed physicians, people don't feel like they have a voice. But if we all stand up, if we all say this is not okay and do other things, then change will happen. But that's the only way it's going to happen. Absolutely. You have to take that responsibility for that change. And I think by doing what you're doing now, you are, you're saying no, you know, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, So. When are you looking to open your new practice? So the hope is in January. So early January, I've got my, you know, landing page. I've got my, all my stuff. I actually went to a wonderful organization called World Partners Health. And this is an organization that does mission work. They send medical supplies to different countries. The amount of, the amount of waste that hospitals produces overwhelming half of the stuff that doesn't need to be thrown away. So I went there yesterday, just, you know, again, like starting a new practice. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need, I need a table. I need, you know, these these are things I didn't worry about. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to need a blood pressure cuff. I'll be taking my own vitals. You know, I'm going to be doing everything myself initially. So I'm just kind of like up my, my sign and there you go. Going old school. Let's tell our listeners where you're located so they can come visit. Well, so I'll be in West Falmouth. So in Maine, and in terms of, of who I'm going to be able to take care of with direct care or even with telemedicine, you have to have a medical license in that state. So right now it will only be in Maine, but, you know, depending on how things go, I might get some medical license in other, other states as well so that we can spread. Florida. But I think- Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish reasons, but Florida, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am so happy for you and so proud of you. you. I remember when you first started talking about this and it was a, should I do it? Is it the right thing? And now to see you move, move through it. I mean, this is the, these are the things that we talk about 
on this podcast, you know, being, being a woman and stepping out there and saying, you know what, something needs to be done. I need to make a change. I'm going to start the change. So congratulations to you. This is just awesome. I'm so happy. So happy. Much. Yeah. I think the whole sisterhood, you know, learning about women supporting women, like it's, it's ironic, right. In OBGYN where I'm like, Oh, so supportive, but it's not always that way. Right. We do live patriarchal society. So to have support of you all and the women that I have met over the past couple of years has just opened my eyes. You've given me courage. I can be a business owner. You know, all these limited beliefs that we, you know, have always talked about, like are cracking that ceiling. And I'm just so, so psyched about it. It's terrifying. I'm terrified. You know, like we were talking earlier, like what's worst case scenario, I fail. Other worst case scenario, I'm like super successful. And then I'm like, oh crap, now what do I do? You know? <laughs> right. And that's the one that's going to happen. We're claiming that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What do I do with all these patients? Oh, I guess I have to hire somebody else. You know, like I, and I feel, I do believe in like following your heart. It feels like everything's showing me that this is the right direction, but it's still terrifying. Absolutely. Oh, you know it you know, but you are so ready and you are, you know, so perfectly positioned to do this. And what a great Mm -hmm. way to start 2022. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And you're moving through that fear. You know, some people that fear paralyzes them and they don't, they don't make a move. You know, they go to the grave with, with dreams and goals and never acted on it. Mm. Yeah, no, true. It's true. I am used to looking outside the box and reinventing myself. So I feel like I am, I am the perfect person for this. Oh, you are. You so are. (laughs) It's going to be wonderful. I cannot wait to come and see the office when it's built out and everything. You have a line out the door of clients. (laughs) Right. Be like, can I just scoot in real quick? I just want to say hi. Are you going to have a big grand opening party? Well, that's a little difficult in COVID. <laughs> um, do it on Zoom, virtual. Yeah, yeah. we should have a party. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to think about that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I like that yep. idea. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can definitely buy a bottle of champagne and have it delivered. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, we can all toast together. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, and I what mean, better way to kind of help get the word out there and to spread it? You know, just put it out there. You're having a virtual opening party. You're right. All are welcome. Yeah. And that's why you're my woman. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll put that in the show notes once you decide what date you're going to do that. So that way people who come to the podcast can see that. And if you want it to be a public party, you can do that too. Yeah. I encourage that. I'm so proud of you, Lisa. (laughs) So proud of you for just, you know, saying I am not going to take this anymore because it it is the, the medical field, as we all three know, has just gone from, you know, being the country doctor who knows everybody in town to this numbers game. And it's not taking care of the people. It might be extending their lives, but it's not taking care of them. And I think that's what's missing in that that whole equation is the care. Exactly. Exactly. 
and feeling safe and feeling somebody in your corner. Right? Right. Right. And for you to be, you're specializing in, you know, women's health. We need that. Yes. We need that. We need that safe space. We need that place where we feel like we can go and can talk about anything and ask those questions and somebody that's not going to say, well, you got three minutes, time to go. Yeah. You know? Hands or hands on the door and they're like, gotta go. Yeah. That feels really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. So out of curiosity, can we get into some of the bigger issues around women's health in this country? Let's take Texas for an example and their new abortion laws. How do you feel about that being a woman's doctor? Terrifying. Right? And yeah. Mm-hmm. I never thought we would be in this space, actually. I mean, it, it blows my mind that this is even a possibility. And I feel bad for the women that live in Texas. But some, you know, like, again, it blows my mind that people can't be open to having a voice for their own bodies. But yeah, I find it very sad. And I think I'm still confused as to why we're doing this. Because when you look at, you know, there are many different reasons that, that people have abortions. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so you would rather someone have a child that either doesn't want to, can't afford it. Mm-hmm. or may have whatever other issues. And then you're going to set a child up to be possibly neglected, not taken care of, or thrown into a system that you then complain about that there's so many kids in the system. Well, I'm confused. Right. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, no one said it was logical. That's for damn sure. No. And, you know, being a Texan, I am appalled. I am appalled that the people of Texas truly want to turn each other in. You know, we used to be a very proud state and we loved each other and our country, not let's turn our neighbor in so we can make some money, you know, for doing something that that was right for them. Right. It's none of your business. The witch hunt. And that, again, is just blows my mind that somehow that this is considered legal. And that's what it's so reminiscent of. What's next? What other rights are going to be taken away? You know, and, and where do you line? If you can do that for abortion, you could do that for anything. And um, yeah, I think it's very scary that people are having control over other people's decisions. Yes. And it's not even the abortion issue. It's the choice and having someone else that is going to come in and patrol you and what you do that has no, nothing to do with your life at all except that they might make a little money on the side. And I I have to say, I don't even like to say I'm a Texan anymore. And that was something I have been proud of my entire life. I know. And I'm sure there's wonderful people in Texas, whoever's right now, you know, we're, we don't hate Texas. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. Slightly confused, but we don't hate you. <laughs> My daddy and my mom is still there. So, no, I love them both. You know, and, and everybody has different reasons for doing different things in their life. And, and you know, you can go into the COVID and, and getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated. Same discussion, just a different topic. You know, I agree. I don't understand why people don't go and get their vaccines, but I don't say that I'm going to, you know, turn you into the law because you didn't, 
you know, I don't, I don't personally berate you because you didn't. I might tell you because I come, especially when it's my kids, I come from a place of fear. Oh my God, something's going to happen. You'll die and I'll be devastated. But honestly, it's their choice. You know, it's everybody's choice what they do with their body, no matter what. True. But the difference between, like, let's say a vaccine mandate and abortion, like vaccines are, they affect everyone, including those that don't have a voice. Um, Yes, you have, you know, your choice, your body, but this is also taken into account. And and I'm, I'm torn on um, mandates as well, just because of that reason. But the thing is, is like, I'm, I'm thinking about our immunocompromised patients, our pregnant patients, our babies that don't have voices. And Mm -hmm. there's a difference there. I don't know what the right answer is and I struggle with it, but there is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I have to agree with you, you know, a hundred percent. While I respect someone who is willing to stand in their choice and take whatever consequences there might be because of that choice, you are affecting my health. Right. By and making, that's where the issue comes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If I have an abortion, I do not affect your health. Exactly. You know? Now, we uh, it, there's all kinds of different arguments that you can go on. And, and so it becomes a, a real dichotomy that I struggle with. You know, I think we all struggle with. Yeah. Good to just ask the questions, right? And to think about it, but it's not black and white for sure. No, it really isn't. It's not. And the world is, is such a different place. I remember as a kid and learning about polio, my kids didn't know anything about polio. I got them vaccinated as children, but I didn't talk about it. You know, it was talked about, it was a big deal to get a polio vaccine. You know, you got on that little sugar cube and, you know, it was, they made it a big deal. Everybody talked to, it was in the line to get their polio. But we all did it because that was what was necessary to eradicate the disease, like measles, like the mumps, like, you know, tuberculosis, all of these things that we have had to take vaccines Mm -hmm. since the beginning of this country. I know this is not a new concept, right? No. Yeah. 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 But these people, (laughs) I have to remember (laughs) they're not kids. They might be younger than me, but they're not kids. These people (laughs) who are in that age group of 30 something. And Tiff, you're even in that age group that normally would not go out and get the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't play around with that, you know? And in the beginning I was nervous only because I I did feel like it was rushed. And, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about, I want the vaccine, but you know, is this also going to hurt me because it was so rushed and so fast. So that, that was my only hesitation with it. But at the end of the day, you know, I had to get it. I mean, I have lupus and right. that was the end, end of the story for me. You know, when my doctors called and I asked my doctor and thankfully I have a super awesome rheumatologist. And I said, you know, how are people with lupus responding before I do this? You know, how have you seen that they're responding? And, you know, his, his answer was they're responding fine. You know, you may be a little more tired than normal, but he hadn't seen any adverse reactions. And I, and I trust him with everything. I mean, it's the same doctor I had since I walked into Georgetown 
in the ER. Same guy. So, I mean, I trust him with my life and I got it. It's like, he wants me to get the booster, you know? And it's a whole regimen for me with that because I'm on an immunosuppressant. So I actually have to stop my immunosuppressant for a week after I get it and then go back on it. But I'm still going to get it. Of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would rather get it and maybe feel sick for a few days than not get it and catch COVID. And I'm not 100% starting off, you know? (laughs) I don't have time for that. I'm trying to be healthy. So for me, it was it was a no brainer. Yeah, we got things to do. We got right? many things to do. Yeah, so exactly. many things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, the choice was choiceless. You know, if I had fought that hard to live, I'm sure as heck not going to let this kick my ass. You know, I'm going out there. I'm getting the booster. And thank God we live in a time where technology moves as fast as it does, so that we had that vaccine to have so quickly. You know. Well, and I think, you know, if you want to talk about bright sides of things, like COVID has shown us that we can push these things along much faster than all the red tape that we normally have in times of need. And yeah, it was all a bit of a a leap of faith when we started this, but, you know, they've been studying this type of vaccine for a long time and we won't even go into that, but, you know, it's, things can happen and and we have a lot of of smart people. And we are very lucky and we're lucky to live in this country and have the access to this. So, yeah, I feel bad for for others that don't have that. I do, too. I do, too. And, you know, <laughs> but it's that other that other kind of thing where if you don't clean your plate, they're starving kids in, in Africa. Well, you know, what do we do if you're not willing to take the vaccine? Does that mean we send it somewhere else? Because we need to get as many people in this country vaccinated as possible so that we don't have to keep going through this year after year after year. I don't want my grandkids to have to go through it. You know, it's scary. I I often wonder what the long-term, you know, what it'll look like long-term. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were like, was this going to turn into like the flu shot every year? Mm -hmm. Is that, is it, is it ever going to go away? You know, cause now the flu is just here. It's not going anywhere. We get vaccinated and hope we don't get it, but people still get the flu every year. So is this now going to be something very similar to that? Didn't like it. Yeah. And that's frustrating. That's just frustrating. You want to just go <laughs> shake them. Life's like we, here we are. And, you know, I think, what people have to talk about is we've all been through a big trauma with all this. And, and I don't are talking enough about that. I mean, you see it with people driving like crazy and we're all being short, but yeah, here we are and we're still navigating. It's still really new. And we all have to like go after our dreams and live a good life. And yeah. And talk about, I think our feelings, cause I think overwhelm and, you know, anxiety, social anxiety, I think is another huge thing. People have been so used to being holed up for so long that like it's, it's a little nerve wracking going on a plane or, you know, going to a conference and, you know, people are just not really talking about stuff, you know? Right. Right. And, well, and we I need expected, to. When I went out there after having been, I don't know, sequestered for months on end, I actually felt like it should be zombie land out there. And it wasn't. 
people were going about their business like nothing was happening. And I'm like, wait a minute, why have I been stuck in the house and cleaning off everything that came in and dropping my clothes before I walked through the door? What the hell? Maybe <laughs> three days. <laughs> and all these people are just living their lives. And I'm like, okay, I feel really weird now. You know, but and I think it depends on where you live. You know, I think Florida was a very special state. <laughs> yes, so it, you are a very special state. <laughs> <laughs> Love that they, they were just like whatever. <laughs> we're going to other the- places. It was it was a zombie land. You know, even here in D.C. for a while, it was. I mean, I remember being in a grocery store and they would have like the tape on the on the lines. You know, when you're in line to do your groceries, and like the tip of my cart crossed over. Now I wasn't over the line but my tip of my card is and this lady turned around and gave me the most evil eye and I'm so I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm so sorry it wasn't me it was the cart <laughs> right and now people are I think it, it's kind of going away slightly you know I mean I don't know about where you guys are but we're going like back and forth DC Maryland Virginia we're so close that like one one place will say a mass mandate another place will say not Another place will say yes. And so I think up here, we're annoyed because, you know, if I go a mile down the street, I'm in Montgomery County, I'm in Maryland. Well, now they're bringing the mask mandate back, but now in D.C., they're taking it away. And Virginia has kind of been like, whatever. It's, it's up to the business. They left it up to the businesses, pretty much what they're going to do. So I think that right now, everybody, at least in my area, they're over it because they don't know what to do. Either we're all going to wear masks everywhere or we're all not. But it's like you carry your mask because if I cross over that line, I got to put it on. But if I'm over here, I can take it off. <laughs> Done. Figure it out. <laughs> you all think it's kind of funny, you know, when you go to a restaurant, like you have to wear your mask. Right? But as soon as you know, magically, it's okay to take off your mask and start eating because, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Because it's oh. just right there. Yeah. Right. I'm just, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I know. Or the places that you go that have the bubbles. You know, isn't, I don't think I want to go inside there after someone else just left inside there. Right. (laughs) It's like now it's just swimming and living in it. Right? (laughs) I don't care how much Lysol you do in that short amount of time. You're going to have to bleach that sucker before I get in it. No. I would be dead if I I'd rather just sit at a table and be left alone. Yeah. I'd rather just sit in the restaurant where at least it's open. Versus you putting me in a Petri dish and then somebody else is going to be in the Petri dish. And what, I'm going to wait five minutes. That's the sterilization time. You got to be shitting me. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I think the universe, the divine universe source that I ended up in Florida for this because being in Ohio for this, I don't think I would have survived it. I just, I give you guys kudos up and down, having to be in your house, stuck in the winter, not being able to go anywhere. I could at least still go watch the sunset. I could still go to the beach, you know, because I was, I could go places that were outside. Y'all, you know, still stuck where you were. And so, yeah, I give you kudos up and down for dealing with that and and not only dealing with it but growing exponentially through it yeah you kind of had no choice 
done on this zoom you know taking this video and becoming so close as sisters that relationships that i haven't had like this ever in my life right yeah like you, when we first started working with megan joe those calls were the lifeline because that was when everything was shut down you know those calls were I just look so forward to them. Like if I don't talk to somebody besides my cat and the wall, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Like at this point I'm turning into the old crazy cat lady. Cause there was no outlet. You had nothing. There was nothing to do in the very beginning. Like it was like, it felt like, like one of the zombie movies. I would, you would go outside and it was like ghost town where I lived. And it's normally wasn't like that. It was people going up and down the streets to restaurants and, all of this, and you would look outside and it was just dead. That in and of itself was scary, just to see that, just to see a place that you're so used to being open and bustling and people moving and laughing and talking to now like a ghost town. Well, and I think it all also made us realize like, okay, and this this has to do with the workforce now, like what matters? Where, where am I really supposed to be? And we all don't know how much time we have, period, with any of it. So how do you want to out? And I think it does give you more courage to go for the things that we might have put on the burner in the past because we're like, yeah, now's the time. And we, we really don't have anything to lose, you know? Right. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, really. Great resignation is real. That's what they're calling it now. Like, it is real. People are retiring or quitting. Like, they're taking early retirement. Some people who aren't even near retirement age are like, Forget it. I'm going to drive Uber and do whatever else and have, and still and have my life. My kids, right. You and know? still have their life. And I think COVID forced us to see how much these businesses and jobs that we work for have been taken away from that. Right. Do you want stuff or do you want experiences? Right. Exactly. That is so true. You know, That's I was, it. I, yes. Stuff or experiences. Another, one of our friends this morning, um, Alea, who's got two young children. And she's got mother-in-law and sister at her that she's not doing being a good mom because she's taking the kids out of school and they're doing some traveling and they're doing, I'm like, give them life, give them experiences. Those are the things that I remember from my childhood that made a difference in the fact that, you know, my mom went nuts when I was an early teen and literally. And so I can go back and say, wow, what a great mom she was when I was young. You know, she gave me such a love of travel and creativity and exponential thinking. So, you know, give them life. Find that thing that those things that matter to you as a family. If it's, you know, downsizing, do it. If it's homeschooling, do it. If it's not, do that too. Right, right. I, I was reading an article, I can't remember who it was by, talking about, you know, the colleges are seeing a decline in this enrollment year. And they're thinking it's based off of COVID because so many people, especially at that age, you know, out of high school, they are technology down. Why should I go to college when I can be on TikTok and Instagram and make a million dollars? Right. <laughs> you know, or I when I can go get... Right, I'm waiting for that class, but when somebody can, you know, or I can go take a certification, you know, for five thousand dollars instead of spending fifty grand a year on a college. True. Plus, and learn more 
Yeah. Last year, there's like, okay, spend $50,000 and it's still online. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> right. Happier, please. I'm out. I'm going to go travel the world. <laughs> right. I and learn right. more that way. <laughs> Huge Jack Canfield proponent. I've taken, uh, his, I'm in his mastermind class. I just, Tiff and I and Kathy went to his breakthrough success a couple of weekends ago. I started or I signed up for his training last year, his online training. And I had taken three or four different online classes last year and I just couldn't do it again. So I understand these kids. Not, I mean, I took my college was online, you know, and it was all great and wonderful and all that. But then I had this with Megan, Joe and you all. I missed that interaction. I miss that, you know, playing off of each other, the ideas that flow back and forth. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about this podcast with Tiff and I is just being able to have a conversation that, you know, can go anywhere. And you can't do that when you're doing the online courses and webinars and whatnot. And I'm still taking Jack's stuff, but now I'm doing it on Zoom and in person. So, because <laughs> I just, I, it does. It really does. You know, it's that connection. We're, we're missing that connection. You know, t- that's one of the reasons that Tiff and I started the company Roar is to teach communication and connection. How do we connect in this technology age? Yep. How do we connect? How do we still come across as not robots? You know, how do we still come across as personable? How do we still come across as persuasive? And all of the things that we were used to doing in the office or one-on-one in person with somebody, how are we doing that in this new world that we're in? I love that because I think, yeah, I mean, this isn't going away. You know, this is no, if anything, it's just going to keep people are not going to give up working from home. You know, now when people are interviewing, if somebody says that there's no option to work remotely, they're gone. They don't even want it anymore. They would rather take a job paying less if it allows them to work remote. Yeah. People want freedom and, you know, you can be just as productive, if not more. But I agree with you, Kristen. Like, even with the remote stuff, I think you have to be careful. Like, we still need that human interaction. We still need to be able to, like, trust each other and support each other and come across as, as who we are online, which, Tiff, is what, you know, you teach me to do. It's, it's just like, okay, how do you hold yourself? Like, how do you get your personality to shine through when all you have is this little box? Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, your one little box. <laughs> bigger box. <laughs> it's a much bigger box than the, the little boxes we were in at the office, you know, when we were all in our cubicles. Right? And, really I, and it's funny you say that because I was thinking the other day, thinking about, you know, some stuff for, for Roar. Are we less confined now or were we more confined then? Because you think about it, you would be, like you said, in your cubicle. That's it. And unless somebody physically got up to come to your cube or pick up the phone to call, it was just you. And, you know, some places would even have rules that you couldn't be away from your cubicle, but for so long. Isn't that crappy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I worked in an office like that twice in my life. And it was like, 
never again. Prison. Yeah. Oh, never again. That's why I got into the the mortgage and title. But well, I was already in the mortgage business, but I got into the title business, and it just, you know, you can't live like that when you're locked in a box. But so many people, you know, it's just like we talked about until you know that there's a different way, like it's to go on autopilot and I do not want to be on autopilot. None of us do. And it's like, have the courage to be like, no, this isn't okay. You know, with COVID and, and be like, we just need to be open to different models and different ways of doing things. And everybody's, every person's needs are different. And so you have to figure out like how to make it work. And we are not black and white. Like every person is different. No, we're not. I mean, my brother was in the, uh, the Navy for, oh, he retired 30, 33 years, I think it was. And he's so used to that structure that he's having a hard time adjusting to being out in, in the world and making his own decisions every day. Not that he doesn't know how, but yeah, he's made a few that, weren't so great, you know, but you're right. Every person is different and how it affects every person is different. I think it takes those differences though, to really make us see what is important to see what we want to celebrate because those differences are what make us so unique and so wonderful and so great to have around no they do it's like people people fight over differences but if we were all the same this world would be so boring (laughs) it would be so boring like I don't want to see everybody who looks like me and acts like me and talks like me and you don't learn anything about yourself and about others if we're all the same you know, we talk about this in companies, you know, and we have organizations that have group think where everybody thinks the same. Those are the organizations that are doomed to fail before the other ones. Right. Amen. I agree. Yeah. I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all too. And you're all quirky. <laughs> love it. Quirky like me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, be a little quirky, play a little bit, enjoy yeah. your life a whole lot. Enjoy life. Enjoy it. I mean, we only get one of these butt suckers, you know? Right. If you're lucky, you may be able to have something happen and come back from it, but it's only one. It's only one. At least in this vessel. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah, I don't know what happens when we leave this one, but no. I got to worry about the one I'm in and the life that I'm living now. And it's, it, I think COVID has given us just to kind of tie all of this back in together, you know, even with your stuff, Lisa, it's the connection that we now all want. We want to now be connected on another level where as before we thought we were connected, you know, you would see people every day, but then you're like, wow, we really like, I'm sitting in the office next to this person. I don't know her daughter's name. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whereas you're on zoom and now everybody's talking about random things. You're waiting for somebody to get on a call and you just start talking, you know, and it's, it's done something really, really beautiful. Unfortunately, it had to be done in the way it was done, but it's brought us to a new level. And I am just so grateful that it's inspired, you know, you, Lisa, to want to wanna dive deeper into all the things that you're doing and that we were all able to come together and support each other during that time. And I feel I feel so supported by all of you. And I'm just so grateful. And yeah, standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like we are greater than ourselves. And um 
awesome. And it's great to be able to ask for help and to accept that support and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all about it. Yeah, I know. It's not easy to accept that, especially as women, to accept help. You know, we grew up thinking that, you know, we had to do it all and shoulder everything, um, you know, for everybody to be able to relax into the help and the support, especially of other women is a life changing, life changing journey. It really is. We need each other. We need each other in ways that we don't even know it until we have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the other thing that I've learned is like really allowing yourself to, you know, like you were saying, Tiff, like really show who you are, show your vulnerabilities and that we are not perfect in any way. And mm-hmm. we're human on this path together. And uh, yeah, I just, it's been a really, really awesome experience. It has and been. So we're so glad you. to have you on today's episode. I'm so happy you were here. And when you'd have your virtual launch party, because I'm going to make you have it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to put the link and everybody's going to be able to join and see your dreams come true. And that's going to inspire somebody else to go after their dreams. So congratulations all over again. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lisa. It's been such a pleasure and such an honor. I'm so, so lucky to know both of you. Mm. You have no idea. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We are thrilled that you spent time with us today. So thank you. We are always here to remind you how powerful you are and that you deserve to be seen and heard. Again, we thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to leave us an awesome review so we can keep coming back and helping you find your power. Until next time, we are women, real and raw.